This is Jaguars Post Game, presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, and Pride of the Jaguars' Fred Taylor bring you highlights and analysis from today's game. Jaguars Post Game is brought to you by Baptist Health, Farah and Farah, and by Everbank. Now, to get things started, here's J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in this Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final score in Cleveland Browns 31, Jaguars 27. JP Shadrick with Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor on the line with us after uh, boy, a long game. First of all, three hours, 43 minutes, the uh, uh, time of game today. Uh, punts all over the place, turnovers all over the place. The Jaguars never had the lead, and Cleveland comes away with a victory to improve to a record of eight and five. The Jaguars fall to eight and five. Uh, Fred, good afternoon, first of all, to you. And this was a frustrating day all the way around. It felt like, and uh, the Jags just couldn't get over the top today. JP, Mike, how's it going, guys? Good. Yeah, definitely a frustrating day. I'm pretty sure the players are feeling it. And so much for um, dominating the AFC North. Uh, this this division is definitely taking a toll on the Jags or, or putting it on the Jags. Uh, but a lot of game, a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, just a sloppy game all the way around. You know, I commend Trevor's heart. Uh, his showing his toughness, showing grit, getting out there, looking as good as he did, mobility wise. Everything else, you kind of toss it out. This was an awful day for him. From a performance standpoint, uh, but he did show grit. He showed leadership. He showed courage. I want to see that in my quarterback, but I also want to see uh, a better performance from that position. Uh, other positions, uh, just a lot of blown coverages. No way to tight end Cleveland and Doko should have had two touchdowns, a big day for him. Uh, a couple third and one big plays, fourth and one QB sneak that led to a hard touchdown. Uh, fourth and three. You go zero coverage, you try to get a stop, get him out of their hand. Uh, you blow that coverage, you slip by Darius Williams. And then the big play, uh, although Cleveland didn't get much out of it, the, the fourth and sixth jump offside by Gotts. Just a lot of bonehead mistakes, a lot of mental errors, seem lack of focus, and you get what you get when those things happen. Fred, what did you make of the decision for the Jags, only down seven, uh, with 4.14 left, Trevor Lawrence runs for seven yards, it's fourth and three, they let the clock run down to 3.34 before they call a timeout and decide to go for it from their own 38-yard line with Cleveland already almost in field goal position. What do you think of the call? Uh, you know, uh, Mike, um, you live by, you die by, right? Uh, I guess that's your rule of thumb, and we know Doug's very aggressive. Um, I don't necessarily like that call myself. Uh, it's only because, I mean, look at what your defense did. Three plays, you got Cleveland off the field. Here's an opportunity to play a field position game where if you, um, you know, you, you punt the ball, you play that type of defense, maybe you get it back and give yourself an opportunity. And then that led to even after you score, uh, now you have a situation where you go for two. Uh, that was, I, I think that one confused me a lot more than the fourth and three. I, I didn't understand the go for two when you can do the same thing. If you're planning to get the field goal, get the onside kick, at least give your kicker an opportunity, you know, from the 40, maybe you don't need that many yards. You don't have much time. 
Um, so yeah, that one was a lot more weird to me than um, than the fourth and three. Jaguars fall today, 31-27 to the Cleveland Browns. Plenty ahead. We are standing by for Doug Peterson. He'll visit with the media and then with Bucky Brooks and plenty more reaction. After this one in Cleveland today, another tough loss. 8-5 record now for the Jaguars. 31-27 the finals. Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC continues. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. Standing by to go back to Cleveland. Bucky Brooks is there, and he'll visit with Doug Peterson coming up shortly after a Jaguars loss to the Browns. 37, or 31-27, the final score. Both teams now 8-5 and five after the result today. And a missed opportunity, of course, Fred, because... The Jags could have been up two games on the two teams chasing them in the division today. Both Indy and Houston lost today. Instead, it's status quo. Still a game up and now four to go. The Ravens come to town next week, so it uh, doesn't get uh, any easier for the Jaguars, that's for sure. But a missed opportunity in so many different ways today, Fred. In so many ways, missed opportunity. Uh, I guess the blessing in disguise is that those other guys lost. Those other teams lost. You know, it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, we're still leading the division. No, it's not a, by a, 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 the margin isn't as big as it could have been if we had handled our business. But, you know, they're still winning, leading the division with four games left. Um, they got to get some guys healthy. They got to get out there. They got to make plays. But more importantly, they got to minimize those mistakes. You know, turnovers, uh, fumbles, uh, uh, Parker Washington, uh, back-to-back weeks with fumbles. You know, you, they're going to lose confidence in, in you if you can't uh, control the ball. Uh, Trevor, again, uh, just miscommunication, it seems, between the receiver, Ridley, uh, Trevor, skinny post, uh, kind of thrown behind. I don't know if it really could have helped right there. So a lot of blown opportunities. Uh, they got to get back to the drawing board and, 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 and figure out a way to stop this losing streak. Fred, how does that happen this time of year between a quarterback and a receiver? I mean, the game is so fast, JP, and those guys, you you would expect for them to be on one accord. I mean, but, you know, they're human. There's nothing perfect about uh, anything they're doing out there. Uh, It's it's tough, uh, and and those things just happen, and and unfortunately – you know, uh, Cleveland uh, capitalized and were, were able to get the turnover in that particular situation. Sometimes they happen, and the team, the defense doesn't uh, execute. They might miss the turnover or drop the pick or, you know, it just hits the dirt. But in this particular case, it's amplified or magnified because it resulted in a turnover at, a, at one of the most inopportune times after an amazing sideline catch by Evan Ingram. You thought they were going to have some momentum, and then, boom, a play later, that interception happened. Fred, uh, you look at Travis Etienne, had 42 yards at the half, ran for negative seven on four carries in the second half. The Jags right now cannot run the ball at all. How much additional pressure is that putting on Trevor Lawrence in this passing game? Oh, Mike, you know, come on, you're old school, baby. You, you know how it goes. You can't run the ball, but defense is going to call a lot more man coverage. They're going to call a lot of man coverage to 
be able to get after you. Uh, this is the way it works. With man coverage, linebackers are going to step the direction of running back step. And if you're going to have misdues in a passing game or if you're not going to be able to block them up front, which Cleveland believed their front four was better than our front five, and they went after them. They were able to play a bit more man coverage and get after and harass Trevor a little bit. But you play man coverage to stop the run and see if the receivers are going to beat you. Uh, totally a lot more pressure on in Trevor's lap. Uh, but they got to find a way to get out of that. Get back to a year ago. I think this offense was better at when they were running uh, uh, intermediate to short progression type routes, a uh, lot of crossers, uh, drag routes, stops, con- uh, check downs to uh, ETN, and those things tend to soften up the defense and then give you an opportunity to go. But without a run game, the offense is going to struggle. There's a fine line between old and old school, Fred. Hey, now. I called him him old school. I know he did. I I tell you guys all the time. I tell you guys all the time, I don't believe in old. I believe in season, baby. Like, you throw old stuff out. We ain't ready to talk Big Mike out. Spend a week in my body, Fred. You'll believe in old. (laughs) All right? (laughs) Uh, We're uh, back in a moment. Hey, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Jaguars radio network. Final score, 31-27. Browns over the Jaguars. We're back in a moment. Plenty more ahead. We've got the defensive play of the game, final stats. We're still going to hear from head coach Doug Peterson as well after a Jaguars loss on the road in Cleveland to fall to 8-5. And this is Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Go Florida Home AC today. Official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey from the Hyundai Studios. Fred Taylor on the phone line with us after Jags loss to the Browns, 31-27. Four giveaways by the Jaguars offense today. Three takeaways for the Jaguars defense. And there was a, a point middle of the game there, second quarter. Somewhere in the second quarter. I mean, this is like the longest game ever. Going back to the drive chart here, Fred, you know, the first interception from Trevor Lawrence happened, right? First play of a drive. And then uh, the Jaguars' defense gets one right back. Darius Williams. It's 14 nothing at that point. It could really have pulled away. Jags have to punt. They got sacked on third and four to a loss of 13, forced to punt, no field goal. But then the Jaguars' defense gets another takeaway, and that sets up the first Jaguars' touchdown to make it 14-7. to So, I mean, that game could have really gotten away early, but there was a couple points where the defense made a play when they really needed to. They just didn't have enough of them overall in today's game. Yeah, they, they, they didn't. I mean, if they, whenever, whatever they got, they seem to have given it back. Uh, and, and the offense isn't helping the defense. And in the field position battle, the, the type of turf they were on, everything just kind of went south today. Um, as soon as, as you mentioned, Trevor threw an intercession. Darius jumps around. He get it back after Trevor. You got the fourth fumble by Wingert. I mean, it was just a few other things. Devin Lloyd recovered that, I believe, that fourth fumble by Wingert. Um, it's it just a lot of stuff, a lot of weird stuff happened today. Uh, and you and you add on, 
you know, a few questionable calls as Mike and I talked about earlier. Uh, all in all, you know, you're going to lose games when you play this style of football. It's not sustainable. They got to, again, go back to the drawing board, uh, figure out how can we, how do you not pressure Joe Flacco? Good question. I, I mean, know, they tried, Fred. They sent they sent a number of blitzes, and they seem to get picked up most of the time. Yeah, I, I, Mike. I'm, I, yeah, that's very true. And I'm, I, um, I guess I'm speaking more so uh, with the front four. You know, we've yeah. been playing a lot of zone, getting pressure, and that's been the formula. Then a week ago, uh, that formula didn't necessarily work versus a, a Cincinnati backup. And I believe this week they said, hey, we're not going to get pressure. We didn't get it a week ago. I don't know if we can hold up on the back end from a coverage perspective. And, you know, they started to try to throw some heat, and that didn't work today either. That that big cover zero, uh, that on fourth and three, led to a 41-yard touchdown. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they got to find a way to get pressure, get back to the drawing board. Um, it's a long season. Maybe the guys have started being a little bit more heavy leg, heavy footed. I, I don't know, man. I don't want to make excuses or even call them out on stuff that's not there. But what I see is I don't see the pressure um, that I have been seeing like four or five games ago. It was a stretch where they were getting pretty good pressure, and I don't think that's been the case. No, I agree with you. I don't think anybody saw it today, that's for sure. Uh, Fred, uh, back to the offensive side, Trevor Lawrence's interceptions. I know that, that one to Ridley, obviously, he was very demonstrative that maybe Ridley should have recognized he was a hot read or something, get his head turned around. He threw it to a spot, and Ridley ran right past that spot, and he got picked off. But beyond that, in 28 out of 50, it was pretty evident Trevor Lawrence didn't have his A game today. Could you tell from your experienced eye, was he – you know, was the injury having anything to do with it, or was he just off today? Yeah, I, I believe he was more more off than the injury. Uh, again, I commend his heart, you know, his toughness and grit for getting out there and trying to lead his team, uh, fighting through that sort of injury. I, I can imagine what he's feeling now after the game. Uh, it seemed to me that he had his plant. You know, maybe uh, uh, Coach Peterson can address it more as a former quarterback. Uh, he's able to see his plant step or turn if it affected his accuracy or velocity. Um, I don't know. I just thought he was off a bit, um, just just off. You know, um, yeah. I don't. I think I thought he did okay with the foot and how he, uh, the ankle and how he handled that part. But uh, just some of his throws were just off. I don't know the correlation though at that. The ankle um, was a big part for that, a big reason for that. I'm sorry. Well, I will say this, Fred. I mean, he took heat a lot of the day. I mean, he had four sacks, and he was hit 12 times officially in the game. So they were around him, and obviously a change at left tackle again. Ezra Cleveland had to leave the game with a knee injury, and Blake Hance is thrown into the game, and it just felt like he was under some heat most of the day. Yeah, uh, JP, and you couple that with the negative plays. You know, the run game, negative plays, I think at one point on, on the broadcast, it was charted at around 10 negative uh, uh, plays there. So, uh, and it's hard to really get any momentum or anything going from a play caller standpoint. You got pressure, what are we going to call? We can't run the ball, what are we going to call? It's second and 12, second and 14, then third and 16 or better a few times. Uh, so, it's just hard to get in any type of rhythm. 
when you, you can't drop back into it because you don't have pressure, your you short game isn't working, and your run game isn't working, that's an awful formula. Plenty ahead. We're back in a moment. We are standing by to visit with head coach Doug Peterson. He'll address the media first in Cleveland. He has not done that as of yet. And then he'll walk down the hall and catch up with Bucky Brooks. We'll have that for you coming up shortly. Final score, 31-27. Browns over the Jaguars in week 14. This is Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Against the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North, and that team won today with a walk-off punt return. The Jaguars with plenty to clean up after today's game, a final score of 31-27. Let's head back to Cleveland, and head coach Doug Peterson is with Bucky Brooks. Coach, thoughts after a tough loss today in Cleveland? You know, it's kind of like a little bit like last Monday. You know, too many self-inflicted wounds. Uh, not on the same page offensively, you know, quarterbacks, receivers missed a few big opportunities early in the game. Obviously, the turnovers are big um, chances to put the quarterback on the ground and, and didn't do it, you know, um, gave up some explosive plays, you know, in their passing game. So just again, you know, um, overall, just a not a not a clean, disciplined football game. In, in, in your experience, when you, you're heading down the stretch and you're trying to clean up those things, like, is that a thing that you constantly talk about it and preach it? Like, are there things you can do in the practice field? Like, how do you try and get this team back on track? Well, I think it lies with the coaches, lies with me, you know, and, and obviously the, the communication that I have with the football team. And, and um, you know, it starts with each coach. And, and how are we preparing our players? Um, because some of the same mistakes are happening uh, and continue to happen. Well, I can't put it all on the player, right? I got to put some of that on the coach. So holding holding coaches accountable, you know, this time of year too, uh, we can't let things slide, um, you know, and 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 making sure that uh, you know our players are they understand the importance of where we are in our season and the impact that each game now has, you know, moving forward. Because again, you keep saying, or I keep saying, you want to be playing your best football, yeah. and right now we're not. You know, we were. And now we've, we're not. So we got to figure out how to, how to get back to playing good football. So and think about playing good football. Your quarterback gutted it out and played a game that no one th- knew if he was going to play. What were you thought about Trevor's performance today? I thought, you know, obviously tough, you know, tough-minded. Um, you know, did some, did some really good things. He moved when he had to move. It felt like it, you know, the ankle didn't affect him too much today. And, you know, and we just got to take care of the ball better. You know, and, and um, uh, whether whether he puts it in a different place or the receiver helps him out or things like that. But, you know, listen, it, some of that's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, um, I just felt like, too, we were a little bit disconnected, you know, offensively um, today. And, and that, that, that can't happen, uh, regardless of whether Trevor practices mm-hmm. during the week or not. I mean, there's got to be um, there's got to be that sense of urgency. There's got to be that. Um, attention to detail, particularly in the passing game, um, you know, to uh, to not make those mistakes. So you've been dealing with reshuffling offensive line. Ezra Cleveland goes out, uh, Hans comes in. How do you continue to try and figure it out with so many moving parts uh, on both sides of the ball? We just have to. I mean, there's, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Um, it's always been the next man up, and, and we're going to continue to to prepare the next man. You know, and, and we got to get through. You know, these next couple of days, see where we are injury-wise, and uh, um, you know, play 
uh, play the guys that uh, are healthy and make sure that they're coached up and ready to go. Well, cool. Well, we get a chance to see it next Sunday night. Big game against the Baltimore Ravens. You bet. All right, Bucky. Coach, thank you very much from Cleveland, Ohio, after Jaguars lost 31-27 to the Cleveland Browns. Back in a moment, we've got to take a look at the final stats, the player of the game voting, all that's ahead. And this is Jaguars Post Game on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars Post Game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor. Let's take a look at the Everbank final stats and a Jaguars loss, 31-27, the final in Cleveland today. Total yardage, 389 to 293 in favor of the Browns. Rushing yardage, 82 to 58 in favor of Cleveland. Passing net yardage, 307 to 235 in favor of the Browns. Jaguars, 7 of 17 on third down. The Browns, 4 of 18 on third down. Jags had... 20 first downs to the Browns, 16. Penalties, 7 for 40 yards. couple in key moments late for the Jaguars. 8 for 75 yards against the Cleveland Browns. Seven combined turnovers in this game. Four of them from the Jaguars' offense. Three from the Browns' offense. And uh, time of possession in favor of Cleveland by uh, about a minute and 49 seconds or so. And um, from start to finish, the Browns led this game throughout. Yes, they did, uh, JP, and uh, you know, in part because Joe Flacco threw for 311 yards today. Those three touchdowns had a 92 passer rating. You compare that to Trevor Lawrence, who went 28 out of 50, 257. Also had the three TDs, but threw the three interceptions. Passer rating of 65.2 on the ground. Jerome Ford, eh, kind of modest, 12 for 51, 4.3 yards a carry. He was the leading rusher in the game. Travis Etienne was averaging 4.2 yards per carry at the half then carried it four times for negative seven in the second half, dropped his average down to two and a half per carry. He did score a touchdown in this game, a very nice uh, you know, body control, twisting, knifing effort, and then caught some passes late, had four for 37 uh, on the day. Evan Ingram, the big-time receiver for Jacksonville with 11 catches for 95 yards and those two scores. Parker Washington caught a TD as well. David Njoku was the guy the Jags couldn't handle on the other side, six for 91 with a pair of scores. Amari Cooper, who we weren't sure would play or not, caught seven for 77, would have preferred he took the week off. Uh, defensively for the Jags, Devin Lloyd easily led the team with 11 total tackles. Four of those were solo. The lone sack of the day came from Antonio Johnson. It resulted in a uh, turnover as well. Forced fumble helping set up the Jags' first score. So, um, you know, not a lot of uh, great accolades defensively, although Darius Williams did break up three more passes. There you have it, the Everbank Stats Check. That brings us into the Jaguars Radio Network player of the game voting. I get a vote. Mike gets a vote. Fred gets a vote, and I have to break any deadlocks. I'll get us going today with Evan Ingram. Tight end. That's my nomination. 12 targets, 11 catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. And without Christian Kirk, it feels like, Fred, that uh, Evan's going to be kind of that go-to guy, and he certainly was today. That is my vote. Fred, what do you got? I echo you, JP. Uh, Evan seems like he was everywhere. He did everything. He caught, made a lot of tough catches, a lot of big plays. Got us on the scoreboard early, and um, unfortunately, I didn't get it in winning fashion. But um, to, to dial in, he left in reception. Pretty good for tight end. 
Yeah, um, clean sweep there. I, I didn't want to go next because I didn't want to make Fred Taylor's votes uh, moot at that point, but I thought we were all headed towards that. I mean, I give Trevor Lawrence credit for being game and, and getting back out there on you know a short week and all that stuff, but the, the three interceptions really hurt him today big time. Even if they weren't all directly on uh, Trevor, they go on his record, but Evan Ingram was uh, pretty outstanding. 12 targets that he had those 11 catches on today. So that, that connection was working big time. There you have it. Evan Ingram is the Jags Radio Network player of the game. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capabilities and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Injury report when we return. Plenty more ahead after a Jaguars loss to the Browns. 31-27 the final in Cleveland. And this is Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor out of here for the remainder of this program. We're at the Hyundai Studios in Jacksonville. The injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two major ones popped up today. Ezra Cleveland with a knee injury in the second quarter. It did not return to the game. It was his first NFL start at left tackle. He had started 40 games at left tackle in college at Boise State, but he has been a guard throughout his NFL career and a starting guard for Minnesota and moved out to left tackle today with a knee injury. We'll see the status moving ahead. Andre Sisco in the fourth quarter with a groin injury did not return to the game. He had been banged up. Last week with a shoulder issue, you saw it kind of strapped up out there, his right shoulder, and was playing through that. But now it comes up with a groin injury in the fourth quarter. So that adds to the long, long list of players that have been affected the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to be an epidemic over the last couple of games here. And particularly, you know, sometimes you can handle a number of injuries, JP, when they get concentrated in one spot. That's when you really can get in trouble and – they're going through left tackles right now at an alarming rate, and uh, you can just hope that Ezra Cleveland and or Walker Little is able to return as quickly as possible. But, I mean, the Jags are down to their fourth option at left tackle right now, which is not good uh, for a team that needs to protect a less than 100% quarterback, a team that can't get their run game untracked. Uh, it's Look, it's challenging, and the best team they have left on their schedule is coming in a week from today, so it, it gets no easier in the short term. And uh, the Ravens won today on a walk-off punt return. They'll have a little overtime. bit of bounce in their step coming in here, and I think, yeah. you know, Sunday night football, they're going to want to prove a point. Look, they would have, either way, had they lost that in overtime, we would have been saying, you know what, they're going to the come in here gonna... angry. So <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. They're a good team that's coming in here. Uh, I think the Jags are still a good team, but right now, you you know, you're holding a few of these position groups together with a little bit of uh, duct tape and bailing wire, and – they're ten and three, and arguably playing some of the best football in the AFC right now. And it's Sunday night football for the Jaguars for the first time since two thousand eight. All right, here we go, big ball game. Hey, we say the NFL is a week to week league, right? Funny things happen. Not many people are going to be picking the Jags to win that football game, right? Hey, go out there and prove the world wrong. Show up next Sunday night, defend your home turf, get an unexpected W. You get that. Every Jaguar fan's attitude towards the home stretch of the season is going to turn around completely. Now you're going to start thinking maybe a little bit about playoff seeding again, wrapping up the division, getting the toughest one out of the way, all those different things. You're going to be that much closer. 
But you got to get the job done, right? All the uh, my talking about anybody else talking about is not going to do it. You got to show up and play a lot better on both lines of scrimmage and a lot of other places as well next week. Eight twenty, the kickoff time for the Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens next week. For those in our flagship station, Ten Ten XL in Jacksonville, stick around. The scoreboard show is next with your calls. And much more reaction after Jaguars lost to the Cleveland Browns. 31-27 the final in week 14. And that'll do it on the Jaguars Radio Network.